When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and welcome back into another episode of THN on the O. As always, I am Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News, and joining me is Brock Hotton. How are you doing this week, Brock? Good, Tony. How are you doing? Not too bad. We've got a good episode this week. We've got Matt Schaefer from Team Ontario, uh, who won the gold at the Canada World, World uh, Winter Olympics. And uh, as the THN on the O podcast, we take full credit for, for winning that gold medal, I think. Oh, obviously, yeah. Double OT. Yeah, it was all us. It was all us. But uh, let's get to the OHL first. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the three stars of the week, as we always do at the start of the show. Michael Simpson had three wins this week, 1.3 goals against average, a 963 save percentage, stopping basically everything shot his way. How did you feel about his game this week? I mean, it's got to be Simpson as the first star this week. Uh, Peterborough needed a spark. And Simpson started the year very, very well. And then I feel like he hit a bit of a lull. Not, I, he did personally in terms of his individual performance, but also Peterborough as a team. Um, but they're red hot, and he's playing really well again, and I think that's that's a big part of it. And now it's just about extending that and, and continuing to play at the level that he was earlier this year. Yeah, I know Simpson was in one of our first few three stars of the week, if I'm not mistaken, and having a good start to the season, like you said. Peterborough's been up and down. Hopefully they can kind of get things straightened out because I know – they made a few big trades this year, hoping to get their, their team into a more competitive spot. Uh, but let's move on to Brayden Bowman, who had four goals and five assists, nine points in three games this week. Yeah, big power forward with Guelph. And I saw a stat on Twitter the other day about Guelph being one of the hottest teams in the second half of the OHL season. And I think everybody kind of expected them to fall down a little bit with some of the trades that they made, moving out Pashajov, moving out Silken, but it's kind of had the opposite effect and, and they're playing really good hockey and, and Braden Bowman, um, you know, like I said, a big young power forward is a part of that success. And he had a really good week, but has had a really strong season overall, I would say. All right. Now, third star of the week, a guy that set a new Barry Colts record for career points by a defenseman, Brant Clark. The guy that seems to be in this segment almost every week since he's been back in the O. He had a goal and eight assists for nine points, a plus seven in four games. What can we say about this kid? I mean, he's just performing at the level that we expected him to, I think. And I mean that in a, in a way that isn't putting too lofty of expectations on him. But when he was returned to the OHL, I think we expected that he'd be almost at like a two-point-per-game pace and sort of at that same level that Pavel Minchikov had been playing at this year. And, We've kind of seen that, and Barry is is playing really well. I certainly want to wouldn't want to play them in the first round of the OHL playoffs, and a lot of that has to do with how well Clark is playing too. Yeah, Clark's been absolutely exceptional since coming back. I think we all kind of expect him to put a stamp on his OHL career and uh, setting the Barry Colts record, kind of helping this team look like one of the dark horses in the playoffs. Possibly, it, it's been really fun to see him come back to the O. Yeah, 100%. I agree completely. And it's it's been great for Barry, too. I saw Marty Williamson hit a, at a plateau as well as a coach. And um, I'm really excited to see how that team does in the playoffs. 
All right, let's move on to our team of the week. And speaking of playoffs, there was a few teams that clinched playoffs that clinched their playoffs feeding this year already. Ottawa, North Bay, Barry, London, and Windsor, who was first up on clinching in the OHL this year. What did who of those five teams really kind of sticks out to you as a team uh, looking dangerous heading into the playoffs? Uh, honestly, all of them. I know that's a sort of a loaded question, but we, I mean, we just talked about Barry and. I feel like they're playing exceptional hockey right now. I mean, all five of these teams are playing well. Um, Shane Wright is back uh, again, which is great for Windsor. Um, North, Bay, North Bay just has a really solid overall team. Ottawa has been great all year. Um, I think a lot of people, maybe even myself included, kind of expected a bit of a drop-off with Ottawa, even with them adding some pieces in. Um, but it just continues to be strong hockey that they're playing. And it's that time of the year where we're going to have some of these – clinching scenarios and um yeah it's the season is coming to a close pretty quickly it'll be uh before we know it we're going to be talking playoffs tony yeah i mean windsor like i said they're the first team to clinch technically uh because of the division and everything but man, they are very very good and the one team you didn't mention london i think everyone's kind of weirdly enough sleeping on london which doesn't get said very often because they are the london knights but this is a team that we talked early in the year. Like, is it time to blow it up? Or is this their season of step back? And they just become one of the first five teams to even clinch a playoff spot. One of the best teams in the conference already. It, this London team is going to be really, really dangerous in the OHL playoffs. Yeah, I think part of the reason maybe people are sleeping on London is they don't have that star or you know, couple of stars that they typically have that are near the top of the OHL points race. They're kind of a, just a really solid overall team this year. They're getting good goaltending. They're getting um, good defense from, you know, a lot of their draft eligible players and drafted players. Uh, they're rolling three really strong lines. It's just a really good team. And I think that we're used to that one really dominant line in London who you know plays all two minutes of the power play, it has three guys inside the top seven of OHL scoring. And we're, that's a different kind of London team this year. And I think maybe that's why we're sleeping on them comparison to, or in comparison to say Windsor or some of the other teams in the West uh, specifically anyway. All right. Now let's move on to Peterborough who is clearly tired of us talking bad things about them and talking about how they're underperforming this year. And they are on a heater. What has been kind of the spark for them? You think? I think that they seem to have finally found some cohesiveness, at least from watching them. And recently we're starting to see all three of their main forward lines sort of come together. I think Chase Stillman is playing better. I think Owen Beck, um, even though, you know, suspensions have been a bit of an issue. Um, he's playing better. Othman's playing better. Some of the guys that they brought in are playing better. Um, I think they're finally starting to gel sort of at that right time. Uh, Michael Simpson is obviously playing better in net. We just talked about him as part of the three stars. It, it's definitely looking like they're turning that corner. And um, I, I hope they can sustain it. What do, you, do you think they can sustain it, Tony, at this point? Or is it still going to be a roller coaster ride? I, I think they can start They can start to at least find a bit of consistency. I don't know if they're going to sustain the run they've been on recently, but I think they're going to be able to find a bit more consistency just based on the chemistry. Like you said, they, they've started to gel a bit more recently. They brought in a lot of guys. Um, it, it's one of those things where you every time a team makes a lot of changes, especially to their top-end players, or they bring in guys and, and other players have to start moving down the lineup, finding where everyone slots in might always be difficult. I think you look to the NHL, you see the Calgary Flames dealing with something like that now. 
it's not always the easiest thing. Just because you make a lot of moves doesn't mean you're going to be good. And I think with Peterborough, they needed to kind of figure out where everyone slots in, and they're starting to do that now. So I think it's sustainable to a degree, but not as hot as they've been. I think you probably agree with me in saying that at this point, I still don't have like an extremely high level of confidence in them heading into the OHL Eastern Conference playoffs, which are going to be very tight. What do, what do you think it would take the rest of the way here? We've, we've got, what, three weeks left in the regular season, two and a half weeks left of the regular season, roughly. Um, what's it going to take for them in terms of closing out the regular season for you to be super confident in them, even in a first-round matchup? It's going to take uh, sustaining the current run that they're on, I think. It, it, it's one of those things where they're a good team but not a great team. I think that's the biggest problem with their situation right now is they've got a lot of good players – that haven't really lived up to the expectation that we've had for them and haven't really been as good as we expected since the trade. I think we look around the OHL and there's been a lot of trades where you're like, oh, this worked out for both teams because the player that was supposed to be the best player in the trade has been great for his new team and the prospects that were sent out or the younger players that were sent to the other team have been fantastic with the expanded playing time. That yeah. hasn't really been the case with Peterborough and I think that's the big thing for them. Yeah, I, I would agree with completely. I, I think that to close out the year in order for me to to real to feel really confident in them, I think it's got to be like only one or two losses the rest of the way and, and really tight competitive games. Because, um, uh, like I said, uh, at this point, even with this nice little streak that they're on, I'm still a little worried about them. Yeah, I agree with you there. So let's move on to a move that doesn't really affect him this year, but Josh Bloom's NHL rights were moved from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vancouver Canucks in a trade earlier this year or earlier this week. Uh, what do you kind of think of his situation? We talked about him earlier in the podcast a few weeks, a month ago or so now. We've had him on the podcast. What do you think about his kind of outlook for the NHL now that he's in Vancouver rather than Buffalo? I, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, we talked to Josh earlier this year. Um, I, it's hard to say how he feels about it. Maybe there's disappointment. Maybe there's excitement. But the one thing that you can definitely say is he's moving from one of the strongest prospect groups in the NHL to one of the weakest. And that's only going to make things easier for him in terms of breaking in sooner to the NHL if he transitions well, right? If he goes into his first AHL season next year and plays really well, he can get called up pretty quickly because Vancouver just does not have much in their system right now. Whereas Buffalo, it probably would have been an uphill battle. He would have been fighting guys like JJ Paterka for ice time. And uh, no offense to Josh, because he's a great player, but but JJ is, is one of the better young talents on the wing in the NHL right now that's sort of still trying to, to find a role. Like JJ's been scratched lately um, because Buffalo's depth is so great. And now he goes to Vancouver and is in a system that there's a lot more opportunity for him um, to find a niche, I think. That's a really good example. I think the the J.J. Paterka thing in Buffalo was the perfect way to put it because that's a guy who's going to be playing probably the same role that Josh is going to look to play when he gets to the NHL. Now you don't have J.J. Paterka or a Peyton Krebs or any of these guys ahead of him. Vancouver's got basically nothing in their prospect pool, so... The, the quicker path to the NHL is always going to be good for a guy. I think the situation in Vancouver is what it is. Hopefully it'll be better by the time Josh gets there. But if I'm Josh, I'm probably looking at this in terms of, Hey, I got a probably a little bit of easier path to the NHL now. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, it, 
that's an organization that I think will turn things around. They have enough young talent that's already on the roster. Well, we, there isn't much in terms of prospect depth at the lower levels, but on the roster, there are some good young pieces. So, you know, he's going to be able to step into uh, a third or fourth line role, I think, pretty quickly if he plays well. All right. Before we get to Matt Schaefer's interview where we talk to the newly minted gold medalist, let's talk about the gold medal game itself. Canada wins in double overtime, or sorry, Ontario wins in double overtime at the Canada Winter Games, captures the gold. We got to see a little sneak peek of the, the medal when we talked to Matt. What Just kind of your take on the tournament, the event itself, and, and just kind of Ontario taking home the gold. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this last week, but it's such high-level hockey, honestly. Um, if you haven't watched, you still can. You can still hop on that CBC Gem app and watch the quarterfinals, the semifinal, which was amazing, a game against BC that was 8-6. Then you had the, the exhilarating double OT against Saskatchewan in the final. Um, that was back and forth. There might have been five or six breakaways in that OT. Um, it was insane. And Matt Schaefer ended up scoring the gold, uh, gold medal winning goal um, in double OT. So if you, if you get a chance, uh, watch it. Not just because you're curious about some of the high-end players that your OHL team is going to select uh, at the upcoming OHL priority selection, but just because it was great hockey. Um, and if you're a fan of it, you, you've got to hop on that app and watch it. Yeah, it's always good action. The thing about lower-level hockey like that is, if we're being honest, defense is not uh, the, the highest priority. So you see a lot of offensive chances. You see some of the higher-skilled plays. Guys are still figuring out what they can and can't do against the highest-level competition. And then there's always some of the games against some of the territories and, and some of the uh, lesser provinces and whatnot that don't quite have the skill levels of Ontario, Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan, and whatnot, that you watch a game and it's seven, eight, eight, two, eight, three. And you see some really fun offensive plays in those games. So it's a really fun tournament. I definitely recommend anyone watching it. Uh, any final thoughts before we get to the interview with Matt? No, just that. And I already said this on Twitter, but I was so impressed with, with Matt's play in that tournament. Um, I kind of had come in, watched a little bit of U16 action this year, uh, watched a little bit of their U15 year last year. So knew some of the main players coming in. Um, but Schaefer was one that really stood out. I, I thought he was the best defender in that entire tournament. Um, and he's somebody that I think has a really bright future in the OHL. I wouldn't be shocked at all um, if he's one of the first players off the board when that draft happens. All right. Now let's get to our interview with Matt Schaefer of the Halton Hurricanes and Team Ontario, gold medal winner at the Wakanda Winter Games. All right. Now we're joined by Matthew Schaefer from the Halton Hurricanes, a member of Team Ontario who just got back from winning the, the gold at the Canada Winter Games. How are you doing today, Matt? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you today. Uh, you're the first sort of player or scout or anything we've had sort of leading up to the eventual OHL priority selection or the OHL Cup, which I'm sure we're also going to cover. But wanted to sort of break the ice a little bit and talk to you kind of about your brother, actually. So I know you sort of grew up in OHL rings with your brother Jonathan playing for several years for Niagara yeah. and stuff. And first question I have for you is just – Outside of your brother, obviously, uh, who was the player that you sort of remember watching the most or, or loved watching the most? Um, I liked watching uh, Ivan Lodnia. He played on the Niagara. I thought I liked him. I really liked him as a player. He's a very smooth skater. You know, he handled the puck good, and, you know, he always had a great first pass. Yeah, no, I definitely – Lodnia was a great player to watch. Yeah. Chill for his years. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Second question about Jonathan again. What kind of advice has he given you about just this year? It's it's such a world whirlwind, yeah. right? You've got OHL Cup coming up. You've got the priority selection. It can be stressful. So what kind yeah. of advice has he given you? You know, he just says it goes by really fast. And, like, this could be my last year of minor hockey. And he said it goes by fast. So just enjoy it and play play your game. Now, obviously, you're just getting back from the double, the Canada Winter Games. Can you just give us a little bit of uh, your experience there and uh, maybe flash the medal for the screen? I see you wearing yeah. it there. Yeah, so this is the medal we won here. But, you know, it was it was a great experience. You know, the hockey was good. But, you know, we won gold. But still, like, just all the people we got to meet, you know, it was like all these other teams. Like, there was Ringette, Curling, there, all these other. Like, we got to watch wheelchair basketball, which was pretty cool, I found. But, um, no, just like – the connections I made, you know, our team, like great group of guys. And it's just sad after like the tournament's over. Cause like you just create such a good bond with everybody. And, you know, it lasts two weeks, but I mean, some people I might not see for a while, but while it lasts, it was great. On a scale of one to 10, how tired were you after that uh, second double overtime there? Honestly, that's, that's, a, I know. that's intense. No, but honestly, like, I honestly wasn't tired. I think it's because, like, the breaks, like, in between. But I found my stamina, I was, like, pretty good. But I was probably a bit tired. Maybe I would say a four. I would say a four. But I, I was surprised. that I, I honestly wasn't that tired. That would explain the good burst of speed there on that game winner then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I think I uh, used everything I got on that shift just to get down the ice to try to tap <laughs> it in there. But... So kind of building off of Tony's question, was there sort of like a takeaway playing against so many good players from other regions? Um, I obviously know that the U16 hockey is extremely high level, yeah. but just playing against the best from BC, the best from Saskatchewan yeah. in the final, was there a sort of takeaway from you sort of on the ice about your game or, or, or anything like that? I mean, I find playing against like good players is just amazing. Cause like, you know, it, it improves my game because, you know, people do different moves that I can like maybe watch and like see how they did that. So maybe I can use that, you know, when I go back to my league or like the next game. So, I mean, just watching all like the people play and like how they play and like their hockey IQ and the way they see the ice, I can kind of watch and build off of for my game. Yeah. So um want to talk to you about the, your just your U16 year this year. You grew up playing for the Hamilton Bulldogs organization yeah. and you made the switch to Halton this year for your 16 year. Um, what was sort of the reasoning behind that? I'm always kind of curious because yeah. those types of changes happen all the time in that yeah. 16 year. So, um, you know, wasn't do with the, anything with the coaches or teammates. I love the team. You know, I played there when I was young all the way through and just this last year, I thought I could have maybe had a better chance to maybe go on an OHL cup run or maybe to the OHAs because there was maybe a, some better players I can work with. And I thought I could maybe improve my game a bit. So yeah, like the coaches I love, the players I love, I have some good buddies on Hamilton still. And like, it was just awesome that they treated me so good. And I just, I just thought I, it was right if I maybe would go to Halton and maybe see if I can go on an OHL cup run. Yes. I mean, speaking of that, you yeah. guys have a pretty good team in Halton and yeah. um, you know, you're ranked pretty high right now heading into the OHL cup. How excited are you for the OHL cup? I'm excited. I mean, like, we're in playoffs right now and you know i'm i'm, th I'm not thinking about it as much as like because i still got playoffs right now i want to worry about playoffs and focus on that i don't want my head going all over and then once we're done playoffs and we got omei cheese and then i'll worry about that and then once the ohl cup comes i'll be excited for that but i just want to take one step at a time 
Now, I interview a lot of NHL draft prospects, and this is always a question I ask them. So with it being your OHL draft year, I figured it's something I could ask you as well. How much do you actually pay attention to the coverage or any of the lists that are released throughout the year? Um, Not much. I mean, because, you know, nothing like that's real until it's, like, really said, right? You know, like, there's all these, like, draft, like posts going out about who's the best. Like, that's just all talk behind the scenes. Like, none of it's real until it, like, actually happens. So I don't pay attention to that too much because, you know, people say, oh, you're on that. And I'm like, that's, that's not real. I just want to go, you know, play my game and then hopefully – in the end, good stuff happens. Now, there are a lot of people that haven't been able to see any of the action from Canada Winter Games or see any of your games with Halton this year. Can you give us a little bit of a scouting report of your own game? Um, like how I played? Yeah. Would you say? Just or in like, general, your, your just, game as a whole. You know, I think, like, I played pretty good. I mean, I think I, I have a good first pass, and, like, I like to use my hockey IQ a lot. But, no, the Canada Winter Games – I thought I played pretty good. I mean, I find I play better against better players because, like, just, like, everybody's using all their skills, and it's just good. I mean, I thought it was really good. I would say, like, I know you didn't mention your skating, but I would say yeah. watching you, yeah, that's definitely probably the best part of your game. Yeah, skating yeah, skating, skating's one of the best, and my hockey IQ, I think, is pretty good. And, yeah, I think that's – Pretty good. I think my de- defensive game is pretty good too. But no, yeah, my skating and hockey IQ is definitely two top parts of my game. Is there somebody in the NHL that you kind of watch? I know it's kind of like a loaded question, but is there somebody, yeah. the defender in the NHL that you watch and say, like, this is the kind of guy that I want to Yeah, be? I mean, I think every offensive D would pick this guy, but I would say Kale McCarr. I mean, it makes sense too, you yeah. know, with skating being your biggest strength. And yeah. Skating being Kale's biggest strength as well. I mean, it. It's logical. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, I just love watching him play because, you know, his edges and skating ability is crazy and his hockey IQ is just off the charts. So I love watching him. Um, so sort of on the other side of it, is there something that you really feel like you need to improve on heading into next year when you move on to a higher level of hockey? Yeah. Like, honestly, I think, like, I can work on my D zone a bit more and maybe I can increase it so I can be, you know, like my offensive game is pretty good, I would say. So, I mean... If I can get my D zone up, I would be a lot happier with that. But, you know, like maybe my like PK could be a bit better too. Like maybe stepping up our guys at the blue line and being a lot more aggressive, you know, just everywhere on the ice. But I would probably say I want to work on my D zone a bit more. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I would say that's probably something that most U16 defenders are going to have to work on, right? Especially yeah. those that consider themselves to be more offensive puck movers at, yeah. at that level, right? Um, so we want to... We're getting towards the end of, of our segment here. We want to do a little rapid fire with you okay. on some other guys that you played with at the Canada Winter Games and other guys that are highly touted heading into the OHL draft. So I want you to give us sort of the first word that comes to mind about the name that I'm going to give you is game. So not necessarily about like them okay. off the ice. We're talking about their their game on the ice. Okay. So the first one I'm going to go with is Ryan Rubeck. Oh, he's just I – th- I would say smart. He's a very smart player, and he can – he, he has a crazy shot. Like, once once you give the puck to him, once he goes wide and just beats the guy, it, 100% of the time it's going to go in because his shot's just crazy. So, I mean, it was it was fun playing with him. Like, I enjoyed it. Okay, next one, William Moore. Ooh. I would say talented. I would say he's, like, talented and very skilled, too. Skilled. I was skilled, I would say, because he, he has a lot of skill and he can make some big time plays. 
That's kind of was a. I was expecting you to go that route. I was thinking yeah. maybe like silky. Or yeah, like, silky. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Brady Martin. Ooh, I would say he's 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 a good two way player. Like you know, like he has a good offensive game. But you know, when it's time to back check and come back through the middle, he can come back. So I would say he's a good two way silky player. Cat, I like it. All right, and last one, your home teammate Tyler Hopkins. Oh, Hoppy. Where do I go from here? Hoppy is Hoppy's a great player. I mean, he's he he's a really hard working player. I would say he he he's a hard working forward. Like he um he can always put the puck in the net, but he he's not afraid to throw the body or you know back check hard. So I would say he's a he's a hard working power forward. I would say that can put the puck in the net. Awesome. All right, now I like to always kind of get into the, the player off the ice and get to know yeah. you a little bit. So let's, I've got a couple questions before we go, just about you in general, getting away from hockey. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music are you into? What are you listening to right now? Um, You know, before the games, I like some rap, but I think before the games, what gets me dialed is the mixes, the uh, house mixes that get me going on SoundCloud. I like to listen to those. Okay. All right, how about guy, TV? Like yeah. How, how about TV and movies? What, what are you watching? Well, actually, uh, movies right now, uh, Outer Banks just came out. It's, uh, you know, all like the high school people like to watch it, I would say. But it just the second or third season just came out. So I'm going to have to get some time to watch that. And All right. Anything else from you, Brock? No, I think that's it. That was, that was awesome, Matthew. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I had a great time. And thank you for having me on here. Yeah, best of luck the rest of the way in playoffs, so OHL Cup and the priority selection. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That was an excellent interview with Matt. He's a really good kid, fun to talk to. What were kind of your takeaways from that interview? Yeah, I think he really seems to understand himself. I think he understands that his biggest strength is his ability to move the puck, his skating ability. Um, I think that that experience at the Canada Winter Games is something that is extremely valuable. It's only every four years, so... Um, there are a lot of kids in Ontario who don't get that experience because of the rotation of the tournament. Um, so it's great that I think he understood sort of how blessed he was or, or fortunate he was to to participate in something like that. And anytime you get a medal like the one he had around his neck when we talked to him, it's, uh, it's a pretty fun thing to do too. It's uh, it's always nice to have those those little memorabilia and, and little marks of recognition throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's going to be, those players might be the foundation of a future U17, U18, U20 team for, for Canada as well, right? Roerbeck, Moore, um, Hopkins, his teammate in Halton. These are some high-level prospects for the OHL draft who could have very bright futures ahead of them. So it's kind of like the start of something special. All right. Now from the OHL draft to the NHL draft, let's have our NHL draft spotlight of the week. This week, we're talking about one of my favorite players personally, Luca Pinelli. Guy's got 24 goals and 32 assists for 56 points in 56 games, a plus 27 on the year. This kid's been so fun to watch this year. It definitely exceeded any expectation I had coming into the year. Let's get to kind of your thoughts on him first. Yeah, he's a guy that I really like. But at the same time, there's a bit of caution there from, from my end still about the role that he's going to play at the NHL level. Um, he's not the world's most dynamic skater. He's not the biggest kid. I wouldn't say he's the most skilled player on the ice. Um, 
but he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly tenacious. I think that a lot of the things that would be considered weaknesses to his game, like his skating, for example, have improved over the course of the year. So it's just that projection. Is he somebody that is going to play high up in an NHL lineup, like, you know, on the first or second line? Or is he more of like a, a Dylan Dubé, who's going to have a really good OHL career, end up sort of settling into like a middle six role, uh, maybe a third line role, penalty killing role at the NHL level. A long career, um, but there is that that hesitancy, I would say. And I, I understand why some places have him in that sort of like second, third round, fourth round range, even if we're talking about like NHL central scouting. I think that's a little too far down. Um, but I would say I'm not quite on the like Luca Pinelli first round range, which I know I think you are, are on, Tony, and, and some of our contemporaries are definitely on that train. Yeah, I think Luke is a guy that I, I really liked him early in this early in the year, and I still like his game now. I did have him in the first round early in the year, and right now he's currently kind of at this end of my first round, early second round range in that grouping of guys that could kind of fit in either spot. And I think with Pinelli, the biggest thing for me is that you mentioned the skating's improved. The the, the skill isn't elite elite level, but it's high, I think it's at a good spot. For me, it's the intelligence and just the understanding of where to be, when when to be there on the ice. He's played a little center, a little wing. He's primarily been on the right wing as of late. A, a guy that I think understands how to work off the boards despite being a smaller player. You don't see that under a guy when he's in a board battle. He, he wins a lot more board battles than you'd expect a 5'9 guy uh, to do. And at the end of the day, he's also not the thinnest guy. I think he like you look at his weight and he's only 165 pounds, but – He's a little bit stockier than you'd expect to see on a kid like that. He has good strength in his frame. I agree with you on the, on the upside of where where he kind of fits into that NHL lineup. Is he going to be a first liner? Probably not. I don't think any anyone realistically is going to project into that range. But that middle six forward, the Dylan Dubé type that you mentioned, that's not a bad comparison in terms of role at the next level. Could he play on the penalty kill for sure? He's a guy that's willing to throw his body around a little bit as a smaller player. I, I think it's really fun to see a guy like him I think at the top prospects game, he laid out Connor Bedard at one point. It's just these little moments of tenacity that he plays with, like you said, where I think he's one of those undersized players that can kind of overcome his size because at the end of the day, he's really smart and he plays bigger than he is. Yeah, and I think that is definitely the key moving forward. He's going to have to continue to become more tenacious. He already is a tenacious player, but to reach that next level, he's got to be hungrier because – as a skater, he's probably never going to be more than average at the NHL level. In terms of his skill, um, you know, obviously that can be improved, but probably never more than average. Uh, but there are other things that he does so well. You like to project him as an NHL player. But I, again, I, I guess the question I have is how many smaller players, how many players of Pinelli's height, end up carving out long NHL careers without elite level skill or elite level skating, right? It's kind of one of those things that there's a reason why NHL scouting staffs look for either elite skill or elite skating in smaller players. And if you don't have that, they tend to fall down draft boards. Um, and I'm sure when June rolls along, if Pinelli ends up being a third or fourth round pick, neither you or I will be surprised. Um, do we think that that is an underslot, like he should have gone higher? I, I would say so, and I, I'm sure you would definitely say so. 
Um, but it wouldn't shock me uh, at all. Yeah, I think looking back a couple drafts, the guy that I, I compare him to a little bit stylistically and even a little bit in terms of stature, Ty Tulio, a guy that fell down to the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken, a guy that I think everyone thought it was going to go a little bit higher than that, but it didn't. Now he's having a good season in Bakersfield, starting to build up his pro career and getting to that point where you're like, okay, this is a, a legit NHL prospect. So I think Pinelli could be along the same vein, a guy that gets drafted a little bit later than some of the public boards and including myself have him. But at the end of the day, he's going to find his way to some sort of good pro career. Let me ask you this question then. Who would you prefer as an NHL prospect? Francesco or Luca? Ooh, I'm going to go with Luca because I think the smarts are there. I think he's not quite as good a shooter, but he's a better playmaker. And I think his skating is, is, is further along at this stage in his career. I think their skating is probably about the same now. I still think I'd probably lean Luca there. But Francesco's the pace issue. That's always been my big issue with him. He's got great shot. He's got a good, he's good playmaker, smart guy. But it's a slower paced game. And I don't know if you can quite do that with the kind of level of play he has. So I'd probably lean Luca, but they are fairly comparable. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that the big difference would be the shot, I would say. I, I actually think Luca is probably a little more agile. I think his edge work yeah. and his sort of agility is better than Francesco, even now, um, not just comparing them as draft eligible players, but even now. Um, but at the end of the day, does Francesco's shooting ability carry him to an NHL career just because it's, it's probably, a, I wouldn't call it an elite, but it's definitely an above average skill. Um, and that is something that can translate, especially if you find the right situation, the right line mates, right? So uh, I would I would say Luca as well, though. I would uh, lean the same way. All right. Let's get one more thing before we get out of here. Team of the week this week, we've got the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've only got one OHL prospect, but he's a good one. Luca Del Belbaloo's a guy that has an, belongs on the all-name team among all hockey players around the world. What do you think about his game? Guy with 31 goals, 32, 31 assists for 62 points in 52 games. He's got 21 points since going to Sarnia. What, what's kind of your gauge on Dubbel Belouz? I think he's had a good year. Maybe I'm being too critical here, but I kind of expected him to come into this season and be one of the better players in the OHL. I thought he looked really good at that, like, sort of, well, I don't know what you want to call it, the Team Canada Summer Showcase um, I thought he was one of the better players at that event. I thought he looked quicker. He looked more confident. His pace was was a lot better. Um, then the OHL season kind of happened, and I felt like the Steelheads became more of Owen Beck's team and not Del Belouz's. And then he gets moved to Sarnia, and again, he's sort of playing second fiddle to Ty Voigt um, and Pashajov on, on that team. So... I kind of had higher expectations for, for Luca this year. I think he's played well. Um, I don't know if I would say he's taken like a massive step forward in terms of addressing his pace issues, his, his linear quickness, his, his explosiveness. Um, but I still like him as an NHL prospect. Um, I do think there's a lot to work with there. I think he's somebody that a lot of patience is probably going to be required of. I think they're going to have to bring him along slowly. Um, but I do think that I, I think it's fair to say that 
I expected him to be maybe part of Canada's World Junior team and to be one of the better players in the OHL. And I would say that probably hasn't been the case. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a guy that I think I was a little bit lower on him than public perception last year. And I think a lot of the reasons are similar to the stuff that he's doing this year. I think, like you mentioned, the linear quickness isn't quite there. He's a guy that I think he has a good shot, but not a truly elite shot. I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to really be that lethal power play guy like some people have expected. And I think it's just the fact that I don't know if he finds the pockets of space as well as he should. A guy with that talent level, he's, he's a really good player, but can he get to that upper echelon of shooters? Can he get up to that upper echelon of offensive players? And I don't know if he's ever going to do that. So I think he's still got a good NHL career ahead of him. Like he's got 62 points in 52 games this year. He's a really good player. Is he going to be as high as some people have kind of projected him? I, I saw him last year a few times in the, in the first round of a lot of boards and whatnot. So he's an interesting player. He's a divisive player for sure. But I think he's going to be a, a bottom six guy that can kind of chip in scoring wise and and do a little bit of stuff that's not necessarily going to get the shine and get the the highlights in the NHL. Yeah, and I guess what what it ultimately comes down to is is his pace and skating good enough to play a bottom six role, right? Is he somebody that's going to have to be middle six or top two or top two lines to really find long term success in the NHL? Um, or, you know, does that force him into more of like a tweener category, right? Um, I think you raised a really good point. I think one thing that he's going to have to find a way to do at the next level is get in between the hash marks a, a lot better. I think that sometimes he's a little bit too perimeter focused. And I, that's not to say that he's not tenacious or, or soft. We're not going to use that word. Um, but for somebody who does have a good shot, who somebody does have um, a solid frame, it would be nice to see him sort of working a lot closer to the goal line and being a little bit more middle focused than he is, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. I think he's a good prospect, not a great one. Columbus is starting to build up a pretty solid prospect pool of their own. And they've got a lot of young players there. So they're going to be able to afford the patience that you, you and I both talked about that he's going to need. He's going to be a guy I think that probably plays in the AHL a couple of years, at least before he gets an NHL shot. And if they can stay patient and, and work on some of those little refinements and, working to get him into space a little bit better, kind of showing him video and saying, hey, in this situation, fade off, or in this situation, creep in and do do these little things. I think he can be a pretty solid secondary goal scorer, but as it stands right now, there's going to be development ahead for sure. Yeah, uh, 100%. All right, and that's everything we've got for you this week on the OHL pod, THN on the O podcast. We thank you all for listening. Make sure you rate, like, subscribe, review, and be sure to follow us on our own feed now. We're no longer on the THN podcast feed, so follow the THN on the O on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find your podcasts. And we really appreciate you listening, and have a great day.